In President Trump's proposed budget for the fiscal year 2018, he recommended an 18% reduction in funding for the National Institutes of Health, and he recommended eliminating the NIH's Fogarty International Center entirely. Fogarty Center grants support global health research conducted by U.S. and international investigators, as well as research training programs. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Paul Drain, an assistant professor in the Departments of Global Health, Medicine, and Epidemiology at the University of Washington. Dr. Drain has co-authored a perspective article about the value of the Fogarty Center for Health in the United States and abroad. Dr. Drain, can you tell us a bit about the history of the Fogarty Center? When was it established and for what purpose? The Fogarty Center was established about 50 years ago and really set up both as a diplomatic effort and also a scientific effort. The mission of the Fogarty Center is threefold. First, to advance the NIH goals by supporting global health research conducted both by American and international investigators. The second goal was to build partnerships between research institutions in the United States and abroad. And then the third was to train the next generation of scientists to address the global health needs. The Fogarty Center has really been at the forefront of leading global health efforts over the past 50 years and just reached this anniversary milestone, and the results have really been astounding. Why then do you think the Fogarty Center has been targeted for elimination? Do policymakers assume that its work doesn't benefit the United States? I think that's the assumption, particularly when the president gave his inaugural address to have an America First agenda. However, I would argue that really investing in global health is putting America first. And there's a couple of reasons behind this. First is the global health security question. And we've seen over the last several years, several infectious disease outbreaks. This includes the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, where it really required a very swift global health response from the United States and other international partners and it really helped to eliminate the transmission and the risk to American people. Now, we did have a couple of cases that came over from West Africa that were diagnosed in the United States, but by and large, we were really able to save a much larger epidemic and preserve the safety of the American people by a swift global health response. The second reason why I think global health is putting Americans first is it's really an investment in research and development, which is important for our scientific and medical endeavors and really stimulates the economy. So the global health research that's supported by the Fogarty has really been catalytic in terms of biomedical and research discoveries, and it's really helped spur our medical innovations and research efforts. So in addition to those advantages, you also talk in your article about what you call the valuable and effective diplomatic investment that the Fogarty Center represents. So how have those global health research and training programs influenced international relations, and what parts of the world have been most important in that? It's really been critical. When I do some of my international travels and global health work, I meet people from various countries and Almost always there are some people who have received funding through the Fogarty International Center. And as I said, one of the main missions is to train the next generation of scientists. And this also includes scientists that are coming from low- and middle-income countries. Oftentimes these scientists return to their home country after receiving some training and become significant leaders either within their ministries of health or within regional or international health organizations. This includes the Pan-American Health Organization and several ministries of health. So being able to build these collaborations and network in this type of way 
has really helped us build the global health securities that I talked about, but also helps when U.S. scientists are interested in conducting international research. And one of the prime examples of this was a landmark trial, the HPTN052 study. This was the science breakthrough of the year study just a few years ago. It was funded through several NIH institutes, including the Fogarty Center, and it was conducted in several high-burden HIV countries. And the reason that it was able to be conducted is because the Fogarty Center had already set up a very nice network of collaborating researchers for HIV that really facilitated this study in accessing sites and accessing patients and also having study partners. So that was quite critical. And it was all built upon the relatively small budget of the Fogarty Center. The president's budget proposal would provide far less money for the NIH as a whole, as well as the Fogarty Center. So can you tell us what other programs are especially threatened and what you see as the greatest risks? We wrote this piece primarily about the Fogarty Center because we have such uh, strong passions in what the Fogarty has done. But as you point out, it's really a much wider and larger issue. The proposed cuts also include $1 billion of the budget for the CDC, which is about 20% of its budget. And as I think most of us know, the CDC is one of the primary agencies that's really addressing global epidemics and was critical for the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. So I would be concerned about global health security risks increasing by slashing the CDC budget. And then, as importantly, I think the proposed budget was a 37% proposed reduction for the State Department, so that amounted to $20 billion. The State Department, under President Bush, started the PEPFAR program, which is the groundbreaking program to increase antiretroviral therapy among millions of HIV-infected people in low- and middle-income countries. So this would have a devastating impact on HIV programs worldwide. There was just a report last week that was produced by the Kaiser Family Foundation. They used some modeling estimates to suggest that at the proposed level of cuts, the global health community would see a sharp rise in HIV infections, anywhere from 70,000 cases up to 280 million cases of people, and also a sharp increase in tuberculosis cases as well. And they projected that that increase would be from 7,000 cases up to 31,000 cases. As we think about more international travel and tuberculosis becoming more drug-resistant, it would seem that these increases would also threaten the health security of American people as well. So Congress didn't approve Trump's proposed cuts to the NIH budget for what's left of the 2017 fiscal year. And Congress may end up ignoring these proposals for the 2018 fiscal year. So finally, what do you see as the current outlook for the Fogarty Center? I think the outlook currently is a little bit tenuous. So you're correct that the budget for the fiscal year of 2017 was recently approved, and it had a mild increase for the NIH budget. And the budget that is in question is of 2018, which starts in October of this year, The process for passing the budget is that the president first submits the budget proposal, and then, of course, it's the Congress that enacts the budget, which must be signed off by the president. There's been a couple of Republican senators so far that have found significant issue with the Trump proposed plan, primarily Senator Lindsey Graham and 
Senator Bob Corker in particular, who feel the cuts to the Department of State are not within the goals of the congressional oversight. And so there's some signs that the Republican side is not particularly happy with the proposed plan. However, I would say that even though that some of the Republicans appear to be in opposition to the proposal, it's really the Republican Party that seems to be less interested in funding research that's supported through the NIH and also the activities of the CDC. So it's still very much in debate. I don't think that we will have a solidified budget by the time the fiscal year rolls around, uh, which starts in October. But this is a time for not only the global health community, but also the medical research and scientific research communities to really come together and voice their opinion of why we need to preserve the global health activities, but also scientific research activities. Thank you, Dr. Drain.